This is Ananin Kaike, and welcome to Voice of the Water Lily, an exploration of our ancestral music over the last 100 years intertwined with a historical and personal perspective. We will be exploring Latin music, more specifically salsa, Latin jazz, Cuban music, and Puerto Rican music. We are going to go deep into the history, learn about the seminal artists, as well as the artists that never received recognition, and we're going to add a personal touch through memories and anecdotes. Espero que disfruten mucho, con mucho, mucho cariño. ¿Cómo está mi gente? This is Ananin Kaike, and you are tuned into Voice of the Water Lily. The Nueva Trova movement began around 1967, a time of upheaval, reimagination, and radical idealism in Cuban society. Its lyrics were specifically politically charged and socially conscious. One of the most significant and pivotal figures in that artistic movement is Silvio Rodriguez. Silvio seamlessly combines powerful political and social statements with poetic lyricism and a ballad style. His songs provoke thought, whether he sings odes to revolutionary heroes, condemns colonialism and exploitation, or simply narrates human feelings and emotions in a way that we can all relate to, Silvio does this without pretense, with humility, sincerity, and believable emotion. So today, we will be exploring the extraordinary talent of Silvio Rodriguez. But before we get started, here is El Mayor. Sucesos como un precio Amalia abandonada por la bala La vergüenza, el amor O un fusilamiento, un viejo cuento Modelaron su adiós Va cabalgando El mayor con su herida Y mientras más mortal Y a la distancia de cien años resucita Seguido por un mar de negros en machete y sin encadenar, ordena su corneta el toque de adehuello y a un siglo de distancia entona nuestra canción y con recia garganta canta espanta. Lejos la maldición Va cabalgando El mayor con su herida Y mientras más mortal El taco es más debida Va cabalgando Sobre una palma escrita Y a la distancia de cien
So there was Silvio Rodriguez with a song from his first studio album, Diaz y Flores, from 1975, with a wonderful composition of his, El Mayor. Before we go any further, though, there is one thing I would like to address. Um, and this is, this is very important and very relevant to the show. As I said, the lyrics of Nueva Trova and Nueva Canción as a whole, but I'm going to get into that in a minute, are politically charged. And they are, they're very revolutionary. They're, and, and, and it really is by it, it, at its core, it is political music. So before I start, I want to say this, and I prepared some, some thoughts, uh, because I wanted to be able to say this in a very clear way. Um, everyone is entitled to their opinions on Cuba, the Cuban revolution and Fidel. And I'm going to be upfront and honest about my opinion right now. I support and admire what the revolution has been able to accomplish. If this is something that, and I do want to be, you know, be sensitive. If this is something that triggers you, because I know this is a, this is a sensitive subject. This might not be the best show uh, to, to listen to because I, yeah, I know this can be triggering. So I just wanted to put that out there very clearly. For one moment, let's look at what they've been able to accomplish while let's keep in mind they have been subjected to the most inhumane and vindictive attempts to strangle the economy with a 60-year blockade. The revolution has been able to virtually eradicate illiteracy to the point where Cuba has a 97% literacy rate. Let's keep in mind that the United States' literacy rate is only 79%. They were able to desegregate an incredibly racially divided society. Healthcare and education are insured to every citizen free of charge. They were able to stop gross inequalities in the society, one example being the agrarian reform. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, they were able to convert their agricultural system from one heavily reliant on fossil fuels, pesticides, fertilizers, to one that is 100% organic. Cuba is also a safe country with virtually no incidents of violent crime. Life expectancy in Cuba is longer than the United States or anywhere else in South America. And let's keep in mind that the 1950 life expectancy in Cuba was 57 and now it's 79. That is an increase of 22 years since the revolution has been in power. And they have accomplished all of this and more while being crushed by a blockade and having to defend themselves from countless attempts to destabilize and overthrow the government and assassinate its leaders. And while we're on the topic of the blockade, I'd like to say one more thing. The issues that Cuba does have that are often blamed on the government are in reality, a lot of times caused by this unfair blockade. If the United States thinks that the government, and I would just like to say this, thinks that the government of Cuba is so incompetent and ineffective, why wouldn't they lift this blockade and you know, give the economy a fair chance? But I did wanna be able to say that very quickly. As for Fidel, because I know this is always going to come up, as I said in the beginning, everyone is entitled to and should have their own opinion. And those opinions, I believe, should be formulated from research and understanding, not solely from what we hear in the media or what we're just told. In my opinion, and this is the conclusion that I have come to personally, is that Fidel is a revolutionary hero. He was not only successful in liberating his country, but he navigated countless difficulties, maintained stability, and like any good and effective leader, had to make difficult decisions and to ensure the well-being of the, of the nation and the people. I think he was an extraordinary leader and really a brilliant human being who is really too often 
characterized unfairly and misunderstood. Um, and, and what I have been able to conclude from, from research is that he was actually, he had this incredible ability to self-reflect and own up to his mistakes and take responsibility for his actions. He would speak about how much he had to learn and he said that the role of responsibility had improved him as a person. And though we were often made to think that he was some kind of narcissistic egomaniac, taking a closer look, we actually see someone who could reflect and criticize himself and resolve to do better in the future. But these are just my beliefs. I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. These are simply the conclusions that I have come to. And one more thing uh, that I would like to address. And, you know, this is something that comes up quite a lot. People will say that Cuba is, uh, is a dictatorship. The best response to that argument that I've heard actually came from Silvio, uh, Silvio Rodriguez himself when he was asked in an interview how he felt when his nation was characterized as a dictatorship. And this is exactly what he said. There's not a single society on the earth, not a single government that has everyone in agreement. Confucius said it. They have been suffocating Cuba for more than 60 years, attacking it, slandering it. And when it defends itself, it is a dictatorship. It may be that they have forced her to be to some extent. Who forced her? The greatest dictatorship on the planet, the one of selfishness, the one of money, the one that doesn't believe in love but in using others, the one that says, dame o te hago la guerra, and all of those who devoutly applaud the crumbs it distributes. End quote. I thought that that was the best response to that argument. I could go on and on about this topic in particular and give all the reasons why I think that to characterize Cuba as a dictatorship is unreasonable and false. But I won't because this isn't just a show about Cuba or a show about my, my opinions on the Cuban Revolution. Uh, this is a show about Silvio Rodriguez. So I want to tell you about him. Before we do that, let's get to another song, Canción de Elegido, and then I'll tell you exactly what it's about. Enjoy. Siempre que se hace una historia, se habla de un viejo, de un niño de sí. Pero mi historia es difícil, no voy a hablarles de un hombre común. Haré la historia de un ser de otro mundo, de un animal de galaxia. Es una historia que tiene que ver con el curso de la Vía Láctea. Es una historia enterrada, es sobre un ser de la nada. Nació de una tormenta en el sol de una noche el penúltimo mes Fue de planeta en planeta buscando agua potable Quizás buscando la vida o buscando la muerte eso nunca se sabe Quizás buscando siluetas o algo semejante que fuera adorable O por lo menos querible, besable Amable Él descubrió que las minas del rey Salomón se hallaban en el cielo Y no en el África ardiente como pensaba la gente 
Pero las piedras son frías y le interesaban calor y alegrías Las joyas no tenían alma, solo eran espejos, colores brillantes Y al fin bajó hacia la guerra, perdón, quise decir a la tierra Supo la historia de un golpe, sintió en su cabeza cristales molidos Y comprendió que la guerra era la paz del futuro Lo más terrible se aprende enseguida y lo hermoso nos cuesta la vida La última vez lo vi, se entre humo y metralla, contento y desnudo Iba matando canallas con su cañón de futuro Iba matando canallas Con su cañón de futuro So that was Cancion del Elegido, and it's not exactly certain about who it's about. Uh, people have really speculated that it's maybe about Che or about Fidel, but actually it's more likely that it's about Abel Santa Maria. And uh, for those who don't know, Abel Santa Maria was part of the attack on the Moncada bar barracks on July 26, 1953, which signaled the beginning of the Cuban Revolution. Sadly, that um, was not successful, and... Abel was actually tortured and killed by the by the military. And actually Fidel, he was very, very, very important to, to the revolution. And Fidel actually said, because Abel was worried that Fidel had basically taken on the more dangerous mission. It was one was taking over a hospital, the other was taking over the Moncada barracks. And Fidel was going to be leading the one on the, bar on the military barracks. And Abel was worried that Fidel was taking on the more... Um, more dangerous mission really and he said no let me take that on because it's more dangerous and actually Fidel told him you're the soul of this movement and if I die you will take my place so we really see how important um, Abel Santa Maria was but also so again it's not completely certain that it's about him but it it's very I don't actually think it's about Fidel a lot of people thought it was about Fidel I don't think so because it seems to be talking about someone that had already Uh, joined the ancestors that, that had already passed uh, and um, it's an, it's a really it's a I think it could be applied to a lot of people to be honest I mean it could be about Che as well because it is about a, it's about being a visionary a fearless visionary and that is really what comes through in that song Cancion de Elegido so before I tell you some background about Silvio, I do want to talk to you a little bit about what Nueva Trova is, if you aren't familiar uh, with that artistic movement and that, that music. and the I just want to explain the roots of it and how it all came about. So the first root of Nueva Trova is actually in the name, Trova, because Cuban Trova, of course, uh, it, it comes from in Cuba. They were trovadores, they were traveling musicians, and they would sing, and they had guitars. And there's some great examples of, of that music recorded, Maria Teresa Vera being a, an example, Uh, Lorenzo Erezuelo and so this was you know a very important tradition in Cuba where you had the trovadores and the trova music we also have very this is a very very important thing Nueva Cancion mostly that comes from Chile and Argentina coming from the in, in the 60s 
just before Nueva Trova in Cuba, we have Nueva Cancion in South America, especially coming from Chile and Argentina. And I do want to mention that the, many of these Nueva Cancion musicians were either were exiled, were persecuted. And of course, we also have the story of Victor Jara, who was murdered by the regime of uh, Augusto Pinochet. And so we have these musicians that were making incredible sacrifices just to sing about what was happening at that time. They're singing about dictatorship. They're singing about oppression, exploitation, and all of these things, and taking a huge risk to do so. So Nueva Canción is a huge, important influence. Is music from uh, coming around around the 40s. Uh, there was a music uh, style in Cuba called Filin. That's another important influence. Also in Spain. Around the same time, we're talking about 60s and 70s, there was something called Nova Canco, which was actually Catalan music from, from Spain that was against Franco. And they used the Catalan language that had actually been banned uh, after the, um, the, 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 the civil war in Spain, actually. And then, of course, there's Canto Libre from Portugal, where they were actually uh, overthrowing 40 years of right-wing dictatorships. We have that music, that kind of protest music coming from Portugal. Uh, there was also a Brazilian artistic movement in, uh, in the late 60s called Tropicalismo. That, um, and, and again, these are just all the influences. And at the same time, just to draw this parallel and this connection. And we have people like Andres Jimenez uh, and Roy Brown, Antio Antonio Caban Valle in Puerto Rico also doing a similar thing because Andres Jimenez for me is kind of like an equivalent to Silvio in Puerto Rico because he sings a lot about revolutionary things as well. Also a show about him is going to come soon because he's one of my most favorite artists. Um, but so at the same time, we also see these Puerto Rican artists doing a similar thing. Um, and that was kind of the Nueva Trova Puerto Riqueña. And the last influence that it is important to mention is really kind of this American protest music, which did influence certain artists. You can kind of hear it in Silvio's music as well. You know, people like Bob Dylan really influenced him as well. And they were also criticizing uh, U.S. imperialism and interventionism. Uh, so there are so many different influences in, in Nueva Trova. I mean, it's just incredible. Um to, to, to see how all of these different things came together to, to influence Nueva Trova. They also tried to, the artists really tried to come up with new ideas. They didn't want the same old love songs. And of course, we, 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 I can say personally, I love boleros. I love, you know, uh, all of those tunes. But they were specifically coming up with new ideas. Uh, they, were, they had revolutionary ideas. They were, they were talking a lot about socialism and communism. They were talking about existentialism, really. Uh, they were also criticizing imperialism. They were talking about real issues like racism. And all of these things go into the music. The three really very, very important figures, as I mentioned, Silvio Rodriguez, Pablo Milanes, and uh, Noel Nicola, are three very, very important people. But, but Silvio has been really, really pivotal in that movement. And that's what we will really be seeing in the show today. I think it's also important to mention that Carlos Puebla and Joseito Fernandez but especially Carlos Puebla. He wasn't exactly a Nueva Trova uh, musician, but he was a Trova musician. And he did, he was called, uh, the, you know, they, they called him El Cantor de la Revolución because he did songs about almost every aspect of the revolution. And of course, uh, he wrote that very famous tune, Hasta Siempre Comandante. And he also wrote En Esto Llego Fidel and some very, very well-known songs even today. 
the revolution and the government really um supported the movement and and the the person who really sponsored it though was Haiti Santa Maria who of course was the sister of Abel Santa Maria who was part of the attack on the Moncada barracks in the beginning of the Cuban revolution and in fact at at the very beginning of this the government was kind of uh, criticizing Nueva Trova because there because of that American influence that I had talked about um However, she basically really was was Haiti Santa Maria was pivotal and so so important in making that in 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 the in development of that of that artistic movement. Now, I do find it important to mention that I, I said this music was very political. Some artists that are Nueva Trova artists are not very political, but they still use that poetic ballad style, and others. Um, have shown open criticism of the government so it, there's really a really a, a diversity in that um inside inside of uh nueva trova we're gonna hear another song and then i will finally tell you about silvio rodriguez here is fusil contra fusil this is one that he did in honor of che guevara del monte va preparando un adiós la palabra que se dirá en memoria será la explosión se perdió el hombre de este siglo allí su nombre y su apellido son contra fusil se quebró la cáscara del viento al sur y sobre la primera cruz despierta la Y al nombre se 
fusil, fusil contra fusil. There was Fusil Contra Fusil, recorded in 1968, but first released in 1971 in tribute to Che Guevara. And he doesn't actually mention his name in that song, but he just says his name and surname are Fusil Contra Fusil, basically rifle against rifle. And it's a song of mourning and sadness uh, because he says the man of the century has been lost, but also of resistance and appreciation for his work, really. But let's talk about Silvio. Silvio Rodriguez Dominguez was born on November 29th, 1946 in San Antonio de los Baños, Havana province, Cuba. His father, Victor Dagoberto Rodriguez Ortega, was actually a tobacco farmer, a poet, and a socialist. And his mother, Argelia Dominguez Leon, was an amateur singer who had her uh, actually had a band with her sister, Orquedia, and she would sing on the radio when she was younger. And he said that she, she gave him a love of music and she would out sing to him. His parents said that he actually started singing when he was just a few years old, really just, you know, before he could talk, he was singing, basically. Several years later, he was on a radio competition called Buscando Una Estrella by CMQ Radio, and he was actually invited back a few days later and won a, for the first prize, singing a bolero. When he was five years old, uh, the family moved to Havana for better job opportunities for his father. And his uncle Ramiro was actually a professional musician and he gave him a conga and that was when Silvio would start to imitate uh, Orquestra Aragón and Benny Moré. When he was seven years old in 1953, the Cuban Revolution starts and his father enrolled him in La Milagrosa Conservatory and he actually passed introdu in the introduction and first piano classes and his teachers were actually really excited about his talent But Silvio was not interested in playing piano, so he dropped the course. And then soon after that, when he was about nine years old, his father got him to start reading poetry and literature. And he started to read Jose Martin and Ruben Dario and a lot of poetry, a lot of South American and, and, and of course, Cuban uh, poetry. In 1954, his parents actually divorced temporarily and he moved back to his hometown with his mother. And actually, he wrote two songs about that time uh, that he later wrote these wrote two songs about that time called e Pablote and Me Veo Claramente. In 1958 his parents actually reconciled and moved back to Havana. In 1959 on January 1st, 1959, the Cuban Revolution was successful and this was very very important. He's 13 years old at this time and was incredibly affected by this. So he enlisted in the chapter of the Association of Socialist Youth from his hometown that was actually created by Che Guevara. And that next year, his, actually his parents separated permanently and his mother remarried and moved nearby. So he basically, from that point on, grew up in Havana. He also, at this time, took interest in classical music. When he was about 14 or 15 years old, he became a brigadista, a part of the Condado Benitez Literacy Brigades, which, if you don't know, that was how the Cuban Revolution eradicated, basically, as I had said, virtually eradicated illiteracy because they basically sent a lot of young people, most of them are teenagers, to basically teach all these people, especially in rural areas, people that had not, you know, didn't know how to read, they would teach them. Uh, and so he was part of that. Uh, the Condado Benitez Liter Literacy Brigades. And then he went back to Havana 
and he worked in 1962 for a magazine called Mela. It was a communist magazine. And then he also read more literature and poems at this time and worked as an illustrator uh, for a for, for another magazine. His colleague Lazaro Fundora actually taught him guitar. And this is also when he began his studies in painting and he went to the school de San Alejandro and started his piano classes again. When he was 17, there was a required military service at that time in Cuba. And so he joined Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarias. And that's where he composed his first songs. And he would actually play for the other soldiers. And this is when he became very, very interested in protest music. He then worked for a magazine, Venceremos, in the art and science section. In 1967, he debuted on Musica y Estrellas, which was a TV show. And then... And then later that year, in November 1967 uh, to mid-1968, he actually hosted a show called Mientras Tanto. And actually, there were some big stars that would that were actually guests on that show. People like Omar Portuondo and other really big stars in Cuban music. After the, the assassination of Che Guevara, which affected him very much, he wrote several songs, including Porque and La Leyenda del Aguila. Meanwhile, his TV show became very popular with revolution with a lot of the youth at the time and members of the cultural ministry, as I had said, um, didn't really like it because they heard in his music what they, you know, they thought was an American influence. And there is, to be honest, an American influence in Nueva Trova, as I explained. However, Heidi Santa Maria, who was, of course, a respected revolutionary, part of the Cuban Revolution from the very beginning, um, really kind of backed him and and, and really supported the, his, his movement and what he was trying to do. In 1969, he worked on a fishing boat called La Playa Giron. This is very important because he wrote a song. Um, he wrote a lot, actually 62 songs during that time when he worked on that boat, including Ojalá, which we're going to hear soon. Uh, La Playa Giron as well, which we're going to hear. And uh, they, uh, he actually put all of those poems because he put them in a, in a book of poems called Canciones del Mar. In 1976, Silvio joined the Cuban troops in Angola and actually played uh, played music for them there. And he's it's estimated that he's written about a thousand poems and songs. And I mean, he's just an incredible artist. He continues to be active in Cuba and doing some just incredible, incredible work, um, continuing to perform. And we're actually going to hear at the very end of the show his latest recording that was done just two years ago because I love the artistic evolution that we're going to be hearing in here in this show. But before we continue, let's get to another song. This is another one in honor of Che Guevara. This one, America Te Hablo de Ernesto. Con una mano larga para tocar las estrellas y una presión de Dios en la huella. Oh 
que no necesita oído y son cantar que suena estampido en todos los idiomas el emisario va a verte en todos los idiomas hay Such a beautiful song there in honor of Che Guevara, America Diablo de Ernesto. Now we're going to listen to Ojala. This one was actually recorded in um, 1968, and it was actually not released until 1978. These were all early recordings of Silvio that we're going that we we've we've heard, and this was one that he wrote while he was working on that boat, La Playa Giron. And it was actually one about a personal experience at the time of a, of a relationship that had ended. So here is Ojala. Enjoy. Ojala que las hojas no te toquen el cuerpo cuando caigan Para que no las puedas Convertir en cristal Ojalá que la lluvia Deje de ser milagro que baja por tu cuerpo Ojalá que la luna pueda salir sin ti Ojalá que la tierra no te bese los pasos Ojalá se te acabe la mirada constante, la palabra precisa, la sonrisa perfecta. Ojalá pase algo que te borre de pronto, una luz cegadora, un disparo de nieve. Ojalá por lo menos que me lleve la muerte, para no verte tanto, para no verte siempre, en todos los segundos, en todas las visiones. Ojalá que no pueda tocarte ni en canciones Ojalá que la aurora no dé gritos que caigan en mi espalda Ojalá que tu nombre se le olvide a esa voz Ojalá las paredes no retengan tu ruido de camino cansado Ojalá que el deseo se vaya atrás de ti A tu viejo gobierno de difuntos y flores 
Ojalá se te acabe la mirada constante, la palabra precisa, la sonrisa perfecta. Ojalá pase algo que te borra de pronto, una luz cegadora, un disparo de nieve. Ojalá por lo menos que me lleve la muerte, para no verte tanto, para no verte siempre, en todos los segundos, en todas las visiones. Ojalá que no pueda tocarte ni en canciones Ojalá pase algo que te borre de pronto Una luz cegadora, un disparo de nieve Ojalá por lo menos que me lleve la muerte Para no verte tanto, para no verte siempre En todos los segundos, en todas las visiones Ojalá que no pueda tocarte ni en canciones. So there was Silvio Rodriguez with Ojalá. Now, this next song, I do want to... I want to talk about it. I really want to go into some of the meanings of his songs because the content of his songs are are are, are truly they, they provoke thought, and that's what I love. I love when music will provoke thought, and that was something that I really really like about I really like about Silvio's music. We're gonna go to the title track of his first studio album, Diaz y Flores, from nineteen seventy five, and before I play it, I want to explain a little bit. Um, first of all, I really want to give a little bit of credit here to, I found, I was w working on getting the, some, some translations and really some interpretations of these songs. And so I, I'll be open about this. I, my Spanish, I, I'm not fully fluent. I'm working on it. I'm learning more and more and more. However, sometimes with someone like Silvio, who uses so much metaphor and symbolism in his songs, that can be difficult to understand as someone who's just learning. So, you know, I was a little bit stumped by some of these tunes. I didn't quite fully understand the meaning of them. So I want to talk about Diaz y Flores, but I was able to find, back to what I was saying, I was able to find a blog actually that was um and a facebook page that actually has someone who obviously knows silvio writing his interpretations and the meanings of these songs it's actually called if you want to go follow that account silvio rodriguez significados de canciones it's all in spanish but the breakdown you know line by line of the songs has been so important to me i don't think i'd be able to give this kind of in-depth uh, meaning of these songs or that analysis without that so i will put a link up in the description uh to check that out if you want to go look at that and he has so many other songs uh whoever put that together uh, a thank you to them because uh it's been incredibly helpful to me but let's talk about diaz y flores so he start. this is a, a song of a lot of juxtaposition is what he does here because he said diaz y flores it, it starts out really happy he said that he's content you know living with his love in his little house near the forest and he has peace and tranquility and He uses the flowers as a metaphor for the love that he feels and the equality of the society that he lives in. And he uses in this song, this is important to mention, a conditional tense. If something were to happen, not that it's happened yet, but if something were to happen, conditional for the future. And he says that he's so full of love and he goes into the forest um, 
and he comes back with so many flowers of so many colors and the the interpretation can be seen as this that the flowers that he's talking about is Cuba and the society and, and the flowers he's talking about is is how beautiful and in, in the equality of that society and he says but if he comes back late from that forest it's and and you you know uh basically feeling sad feeling very down with the world it's because he encountered something else because he went beyond the world beyond that forest he said it, it, he that he it, it's because he's angry because of the cruelty and injustice of that and then he goes on to juxtaposition that beginning of such a very pretty beginning of that with the flowers and how happy and content he is with everything that he's angry about. And he says, you know, la bomba y la muerte. And he's talking about bombs and, you know, atomic bombs and nuclear weapons. He's talking about, you know, children dying and uh, people who have, who have everything and don't work for it. And the people that have to that, that are exploited. And the the idea, the imperialist idea of dame o te hago la guerra. Give it to me or I'll take it in a war. And el grito se lo lleva el viento. No one hears or listens to those who are suffering, people that are suffering in silence. And el oro sobre la conciencia, money before conscience. And he talks about all this. And what I like is he's being honest about it. He's saying anger. He, he talks because he, 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 he um, repeats it with every line. Uh, using kind of an anaphora here repeats it with every line and he's being honest about that feeling that society has such a hard time dealing with uh, being honest and saying I'm angry about this I'm angry about what's happening in the world and so I think that it's an incredibly incredibly relevant song so let's listen to it Si me levanto temprano, fresco y curado, claro y feliz Y te digo voy al bosque para aliviarme de ti Sabe que dentro tengo un tesoro que me llega a la raíz Si luego vuelvo cargado con muchas flores, mucho color Y te las pongo en la risa, en la ternura, en la voz Es que he mojado en flor mi camisa para teñir su sudor Pero si un día me demoro, no te impacientes, yo volveré más tarde. Será que la más profunda alegría me habrá seguido la rabia ese día. La rabia simple del hombre silvestre, la rabia bomba, la rabia de muerte, la rabia asesino de niños la rabia se me ha podrido el cariño la rabia madre por dios tengo frío 
La rabia es mío, eso es mío, solo mío La rabia vivo, pero no me mojo La rabia miedo a perder el manojo La rabia y tu zapato de tierra Que vuelvo cansado, sucio de tiempo, sin paramor. Es que regreso del mundo, no del bosque, no del sol. En esos días, compañera, ponte alma nueva. So there was Diaz y Flores. I find it's important to mention that his that album Diaz y Flores was not was banned by Pinochet, the dictator in in Chile, and also by Franco in Spain. And uh, his music was basically uh, yeah it was banned. They they didn't want the this the revolutionary content of his music. And this next song is actually 
incredibly relevant to that point, and especially why it was banned in Chile, was because on the same album, on Diaz y Flores, he did a song called Santiago de Chile. He actually wrote it in 1973. The year before, in 1972, uh, Silvio had actually gone to, had been in Chile. And Violeta Parra and Victor Jara had actually been at the airport to greet him. And uh, which, of course, are two Nueva Canción musicians. And this song is not only about his experiences there, but he wrote this in 1973 because in 1973 was the year that Augusto Pinochet took power. I just want to give you a little bit of history. Uh, in 1970, uh, Salvador Allende was, you know, elected uh, president in Chile. He happened to be a, a Marxist. And, but let's remember that he had popular support. He was elected and he started instituting all kinds of social reforms and people. He had the popular support of the people. But the United States didn't like that Salvador Allende was a, was a Marxist. So basically, as soon as he came into power, then began, began the attempts to destabilize him and to take over. And a lot of historians agree that Augusto Pinochet would have never come to power if the United States had not, quote unquote, intervened and had not put him in power because they created, and I, I'm going to say this frankly, they created the monster of Agosto Pinochet. And let's remember what Agosto Pinochet did to the people of Chile. Um, uh, uh, the low estimates say that his regime had 20,000 20, people tortured. Thousands of people disappeared. Their families still don't know what happened to them. And let's remember this happened from 1973 until 1990. 17 years of terror that he reigned over Chile. So this song... Victor uh, Silvio wrote in 1973 after he found out that after all this happened in Chile and the the third verse in this song is what I can what I find to be the most powerful line in here and probably the reason why Pinochet had this had this song banned because he says eso no está muerto no me lo mataron ni con la distancia ni con el vil soldado it's not dead they you know they, they won't kill it not with distance or the vile soldier and he's saying nothing can kill that resistance that revolution nothing can kill the spirit of the people and nothing can kill the mem the 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 your wish to be free nothing can kill that and that is what i find to be the um the most imp the most powerful line in that song and then in the sixth verse he says hasta allí me siguió como una sombra el rostro de que ya no se veía and what he's talking about he says y en el odio me susurro la muerte que ya va a parecería and in that verse actually he's referring to che that shadow that he's talking about whispering in his ear uh, uh, Silvio actually said that he's referring to Che Guevara there in that, um, in that, in that verse there. We're going to listen to it. So here is Santiago de Chile, an incredibly powerful, powerful song condemning the dictatorship.
Allí amé a una mujer terrible Llorando por el humo siempre eterno De aquella ciudad acorralada por símbolos de invierno Allí aprendí a quitar con piel el frío Y a echar luego mi cuerpo a la llovizna En manos de la niebla dura y blanca En calles del enigma Eso no está muerto, no me lo mataron Ni con la distancia, ni con el vil soldado Eso no está muerto, no me lo mataron distancia ni con el vil soldado Allí entre los cerros tuve amigos Que entre bombas de humo eran hermanos Allí yo tuve más de cuatro cosas Que siempre he deseado Allí nuestra canción se hizo pequeña Entre la multitud desesperada Un poderoso canto de la tierra era quien más cantaba Eso no está muerto, no me lo mataron Ni con la distancia, ni con el vil soldado Eso no está muerto, no me lo mataron Ni con la distancia, ni con el vil soldado Hasta allí me siguió como una sombra El rostro del que ya no se veía Y en el oído me susurró la muerte que ya aparecería Allí yo tuve un odio, una vergüenza Niños mendigos de la madrugada y el deseo de cambiar cada cuerda por un saco de balas Eso no está muerto, no me lo mataron Ni con la distancia, ni con el vil soldado Eso no está muerto, no me lo mataron Ni con la distancia, ni con el vil soldado powerful song of resistance there of denouncing dictatorship and really a powerful song and we can see why 
the dictator at the time did not like uh, the content of that and had his music banned completely from from the country. We're going to get to another song from the same album because I find Diaz y Flores to be such an incredible, incredible album. This is a, a tune called Playa Giron. Now, I had mentioned this earlier that we were going to hear this. It's divided into three parts. So the, he starts out appealing to the, his compañeros, um, he, kind of his colleagues in poetry. And he said, what words and adjectives do you use without sounding like a pamphleteer or a typical romantic to describe this, this boat, that Playa Giron, that he worked on? And then in the next verse, he says, compañeros de música. So he's appealing to the musicians. How, to, how do you write a polytonal song for fishermen who never had a childhood? And there he's talking about, you know, just how hard they had to work and the, the, the hardship with, which, which so many people had to, had to endure. And then in the third verse, he says, Compañeros de Historia, appealing to the historians. History must be told with relentless truth. But does truth have nuance? What if someone steals but then gives his life fighting for the country? So these are some very profound rhetorical questions. And these are, again, like I said, Silvio's music really provokes thought in the listener. It's something that you really have to listen to. You listen to those lyrics and you think about those questions that he's asking and the different ideas that he's, you know, that he's talking about. And that's what I found what I really find fascinating about his music. He concludes the song by saying that the fishermen should write their own story and every people should have the opportunity to write their own story from their own perspective. So here's La Playa Giron. Compañeros poetas Tomando en cuenta los últimos sucesos En la poesía quisiera preguntar Me urge ¿Qué tipo de adjetivos se deben usar para hacer El poema de un barco sin que se haga sentimental Fuera de la vanguardia evidente panfleto si debo usar palabras como flota cubana de pesca y playa girón compañeros de música Tomando en cuenta esas politonales y audaces canciones Quisiera preguntar, me urge ¿Qué tipo de armonía se debe usar para hacer? La canción de este barco con hombres de poca niñez Hombres y solamente Sobre cubierta, hombres negros y rojos y azules, los hombres que pueblan el playa Girón.
compañeros de historia Tomando en cuenta lo implacable que debe ser la verdad Quisiera preguntar Me urge tanto Que debiera decir que fronteras debo respetar Si alguien roba comida y después da la vida que hacer ¿Hasta dónde debemos practicar las verdades? ¿Hasta dónde sabemos que escriban pues la historia, su historia, los hombres del Playa Girón? Que escriban pues la historia, su historia, los hombres del Playa Girón. So there was La Playa Giron. Now we're going to hear again from Diazzi Flores because I, as I said, I find the album to be so powerful but also so beautiful. The arrangements on it are very, very, um, really very beautiful. And I do love his guitar playing. I have to say, I love this narrative style, ballad style with the guitar. I find it to be very, very beautiful, whether it's Cuban or Puerto Rican or Chilean or Argentinian. I love it, no matter where it's really where it's from, um, because I, I think it's it's such a wonderful narrative style. The one now, let's get to another song here. This is called Yo Digo Que Las Estrellas. And this is one that can be interpreted a lot of ways. I had really, I was very confused by this song. So I am actually going to go with the wonderful interpretation from that uh, blog that I'm going to put the link in the, in the description to. Um, because he explained it, he interpreted it in a really, really interesting way. Where Because we have to understand, in Silvio's music, he uses the metaphor of the sun. He does it in Diaz y Flores for the revolution for the light of the revolution that's how he uses the, the metaphor of the sun so he's talking about night he's using associating with with his he's talking about so he's talking about the nighttime so he's creating this a bit of a ju juxtaposition and what he's basically saying in this song is as i said this juxtaposition between the sun as the revolution and the night basically being that which opposes the ideals of the revolution and what i find interesting about this this is something that i want to talk about there is such an honesty to this music and what i think is important to mention is that in cuba here we have the music industry and there's so much agendas and money is what determines who a lot of times money is what determines who becomes the star and who doesn't and there are oftentimes people that are promoted that really aren't very talented we see this a lot and in a society like cuba it's art for art's sake and we see such a juxtaposition there so it's really the difference between night and day we have art for art's sake and art for money's sake And what we and then what we have is a loss of sincerity and a loss of honesty. And then we have people basically, I hate to say it, but selling out for money and leaving behind their principles and really just conforming to the to what the industry wants. And I think that's really, really important to mention because this music is 
we're talking about Nueva Trova as a whole, was really art for art's sake. It's about conveying reality and life. And that's what I find to be so incredible about it. So here is, yo digo que las estrellas. Yo digo que las estrellas le dan gracias a la noche Porque encima de otro coche no pueden lucir tan bellas Y digo que es culpa de ella, de la noche, el universo ¿Cuál son culpables los versos de que haya noches y estrellas? Yo digo que no hay quien crezca más allá de lo que vale Y el tonto que no lo sabe es el que en sanco se arresta Y digo que el que se presta para peón del veneno Es doble tonto y no quiero ser bailarín de su fiesta que el que sale de la selva y que será el que lo entienda fruto del árbol más alto y digo que cuesta tanto y que hay que cruzar la tundra pero al final la penumbra se hace arco iris del canto So there was Yo Digo Que Las Estrellas, a very interesting song, and it can be read so many different ways, and a lot of his songs are like that. We can look at them so many different ways uh, and interpret them in many different ways, and they really do provoke us to think. And 
that is something that I think is very, very important. Um, it's not, it, you know, we all, we, I don't like to put one type of music above another. I really don't like to do that, to do the comparisons and, and then, oh, this one's better than that one. And who's the top this or that? And who's your top three? So, and so artists, no. But what I do like is, and there's so many different types of music that I like, and I like to set them all equal to each other because they're all different. They're all conveying something else. But what I love about this is that this is the kind of music that I listen to and I, and I think about it. And it, 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 um, it really makes you exercise your mind and, and really put some thought into, instead of just mindless listening, you really have to put some thought into what am I, you know, think about what the, what the artist is saying. We're going to get to another one that it could be interpreted so many different ways. So here is En, en El Claro de la Luna. Enjoy. Sueño de estrella 
mi paso en tierra es dolor Mas si yo pudiera hacerle miel de abeja en vez de sal A que tentarle la suerte que valiera su soñar Sueñeme pues cataclismo Sueñe golpe largo y sed Sueñe todos los abismos Que de otra vida no sé Sueñe lo que hago y no digo Sueñe en plena libertad Sueñe que hay días en que vivo Sueñe lo que hay que callar This next song is actually the first song that I ever heard from Silvio. And it's funny. I'll tell you a, quickly uh, a little story of how I actually came across his his music. Which it was actually very recently, only a few months ago. I would say probably back in, maybe in, in, in February or March. I am, as I said in the beginning, a huge fan of Andres Jimenez. I mean, I absolutely adore his music. And uh, I listen to him all the time. So I was listening to his amazing album, Corazón Latino, that he did in 2015. And I realized that the concept behind that album was to do songs from different countries in South America, and some from Cuba, and then some from Puerto Rico. And so it's Corazón Latino. And one of the songs that I really liked that he did on there was a tune titled La Fábula de los Tres Hermanos. And I liked the, the content of the song. And I said, this is very interesting. And... So I, I I was like, I want to hear the original. I wonder who did this, this uh, wrote this originally. So I look it up, and someone named Silvio Rodriguez comes up. So I listen to the original song, and I'm, I'm immediately amazed by it. I love the, the style, the way that he sings, first of all. And I do love Silvio's voice. You know, funnily enough, his voice is very unique, but it in a way reminds me a little bit in some of the tunes. You could almost like Jose Feliciano. Almost a little bit of that tone in there. And he just has such an interesting... Uh, an interesting voice and a very a very beautiful voice in my opinion I think his voice is very beautiful and I, I immediately liked it I like the style with the guitar and everything and it's very interesting but I want to tell you so that from then from there on I was a, and then I looked him up and I realized all this stuff that he stands for that he's you know revolutionary and I mean just you know this incredible singer songwriter but I want to tell you about this song 
It's called La Fábula de los Tres Hermanos, The Fable of the Three Brothers. And it is really set up like a, a fable, almost, uh, yeah, like a fable. And so he goes, he starts with the with three brothers, and the oldest went away to discover, to never error. And he paid attention uh, to where he was walking all the time, and he never lifted his head. And so, Silvio says, he became the slave of precaution. And he got old, and he wanted to go far, but he couldn't. And then he says, Ojo que no mira más allá, no ayuda al pie. The eye that it doesn't look forward doesn't help the feet move. And then the middle brother, he goes away with the same purpose. And how the, his error was that he looked at the horizon the whole time, not seeing that the stone on his foot or the hole that he was falling into. Ojo que no mira más acá, tampoco fue. And that's what Sergio says about that. And then he says, the youngest went away. And he walked with one eye on the ground and the other on the horizon. And so we have these three brothers and the, and I think it's talking about the other, the different mistakes that we can make in life or just different paths. And I find it so interesting how he put it. And then the, the youngest one has this bounce because the first you see, he looked down the whole time. And the second look, looks forward the whole time. He doesn't see that he's falling into a hole. And the third has a balance to be able to look on, look where he is, but also look forward to the future. And I think it's a wonderful, a wonderful story, really a fable. So here's La Fábula de los Tres Hermanos. Tres hermanos, el más grande se fue por la vereda a descubrir y a fundar y para nunca equivocarse o errar iba despierto y bien atento a cuanto iba a pisar de tanto en esta posición caminar ya nunca el cuello se le enderezó y anduvo esclavo ya de la precaución y se hizo viejo queriendo ir lejos con su corta visión Para nunca equivocarse o errar 
iba despierto y bien atento al horizonte igual. Pero este chico listo no podía ver la piedra, el hoyo que vencía a su pie. Y revocado siempre se la pasó y se hizo viejo queriendo ir lejos a donde no llegó. get to something that uh, really it's just a very sweet song Imagínate um, a very a very wonderful tune here from the same album he did this one in 1980 on an album that he did called Rabo de Nube which is the first one that really got international attention uh, for a long long time he really wasn't very well known um, outside of Cuba although in places like Chile his music was being kind of uh Uh, because it was banned by the dictatorship a lot of people were kind of trading his cassettes illegally so he was uh, popular in places like that however after his 1980 Rabo de Nube album 
uh, he got quite a lot of uh, some recognition outside, although he really has not been allowed to travel to the United States very often. I'll tell you a story about the uh, a story that actually I had read where he was talking about uh, one of the times that he performed in Puerto Rico. But I'll get to that right after Imaginate. It's just a very sweet song. Enjoy. Silvio's tunes are revolutionary or just, you know, uh, uh, talking about, just about social problems and all that. Some of them are just very, very human. You know, we're just talking about how uh, just just very, very, very human and very existential. But this one's just a very sweet, uh, very sweet song. But I did want to tell you about the one story that he had talked about that I had read where he said that there was a a performance he was going to do in Puerto Rico, one of the rare times that he's gotten a visa to be able to come to you know, to the U.S. And because he's been denied ones over and over and over again. So he said that, I don't know exactly why, but for some reason he came through Miami. And basically because his guitar bag had a Cuban flag on it and some revolutionary stickers, he said that some of the employees who were uh, Cuban-American at the airport basically broke his guitar and then while he's in Puerto Rico he said he received some threats from some Cuban Americans in in Miami uh, basically saying that he better not ever come to Miami again 
uh, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, he said that, you know, how can, he said, I never sang, a, he said, how can I invoke so, how can I invoke so much hate when I never sang about hate in any of my songs? <laughs> He's, you know, someone, I mean, it's just crazy how you can just go after an artist just because of his political views and destroy his instrument. I mean, it's very pet, it's very petty and it's really ridiculous. Um, and very, really, very hateful. Uh, and and I think there just needs to be more of an understanding that we have different views, we have different opinions, and we don't need to demonize each other for that. Okay, we can just respect each other for for our opinions. And, you know, we don't have to agree. But we do, I think, need to have some basic human respect and not break an artist's instrument. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. We're going to get to another song here. I love this one, La Masa. I'm going to play it, and then I'll tell you what it's about. Si no creyera en mi silencio, qué cosa fuera, qué cosa fuera la masa sin cantar, un amasijo hecho de cuerdas y tendones, un revoltijo de carne con madera, un instrumento sin mejores resplandores. Que lucecitas montadas parecen, qué cosa fuera corazón, qué cosa fuera, qué cosa fuera la masa sin canter, un testaferro del traidor de los aplausos, un servidor de pasado en copa nueva, un eternizador de dioses del ocaso, júbilo hervido con trapo y lentejuela. Qué cosa fuera corazón, qué cosa fuera, qué cosa fuera la masa sin cantera, qué cosa fuera corazón, qué cosa fuera, qué 
cosa fuera la masa sin cantera creyera en el deseo, si no creyera en lo que creo, si no creyera en algo puro, si no creyera en cada herida, si no creyera en la que ronde, si no creyera en lo que esconde, hacerse hermano de la vida. Si no creyera en quien me escucha, si no creyera en lo que duele, si no creyera en lo que quede, si no creyera en lo que lucha y qué cosa fuera, qué cosa fuera la masa sin cantera, un amasijo hecho de cuerdas y tendones. Un revoltijo de carne con madera Un instrumento sin mejores resplandores Que lucecitas montadas parecera Que cosa fuera corazón, que cosa fuera Que cosa fuera la masa sin cantera Un testaferro del traidor de los aplausos Un servidor de pasado en copa nueva Qué cosa fuera corazón, qué cosa fuera, qué cosa fuera la masa sin cantera, un eternizador de dioses del ocaso, júbilo hervido con trapo y lentejuela, qué cosa fuera corazón, qué cosa fuera, qué cosa fuera la masa sin cantera, qué cosa fuera corazón, qué cosa fuera. Cosa fuera la masa sin cantera. So la masa is another one that uses that conditional, those conditional phrases, and you know this kind of subjective, subjective tense, uh, which is important. He uses that in a lot of his, um, in a lot of his songs, and he repeats. He does this anaphora where he repeats the same line over and over, the same beginning of the of the line over and over. He says, "Si no creyera," if I didn't believe. Again, subjective tense. Uh, it is conditional if it were to happen in the future, and he lists all of the things that he believes in, and how and how life would mean nothing without believing in those things, and. It also he also said that this song was about what it means to be uh, an artist, the reason for being an artist, which is really exemplified in the line "Si no creyera en lo que agencio." Like and he, what he means there is the ability for an artist to express what they want, their motivation. He says, "Without belief, you become un testaferro del traidor de los aplausos." And what a testaferro is is like a figurehead. So he's basically saying a person that betrays themselves and lies to themselves and sells themselves out for fame or money or recognition and 
again, kind of what I was talking about after yo digo que las estrellas, or before yo digo que las estrellas, the difference between art for art's sake and a music industry. Uh, and then he says, si no creía en lo que creo. You know, what if I didn't believe in what I believe in, in the ideals and the principles. And he's saying without any of that, without any of that belief, life really doesn't, doesn't really mean anything. And it, it's, it's kind of, an, he says pointless. So I think it's a very interesting existential song there. Let's get to another very revolutionary tune, Cancion Urgente para Nicaragua. Enjoy. Se partió en Nicaragua, otro hierro caliente. Se partió en Nicaragua, otro hierro caliente. Con que el águila daba su señal a la gente. Con que el águila daba su señal a la gente. Se partió en Nicaragua, otra soga con cebo. Se partió en Nicaragua, otra soga con cebo. Con que el águila daba. Por el cuello el obrero, con que el águila daba, por el cuello el obrero. Se ha prendido la hierba dentro del continente, las fronteras se besan y se ponen ardientes. Me recuerdo de un hombre que por esto moría y que viendo este día como espectro del monte, jubiloso reía. burlaron la muerte, ya se han hecho gigantes, ya burlaron la muerte. Por el águila tiene su dolencia mayor, Nicaragua le duele, pues le duele el amor, y le duele que el niño vaya sano a la escuela, porque de esa madera, de justicia y cariño, no se afila a su escuela. ¿Qué va? Sangre sabia, la que hizo su historia. Te lo dice un hermano que ha sangrado contigo. Te lo dice un hermano que ha sangrado contigo. Te lo dice un cubano. Te lo dice un amigo. Te lo dice un cubano. Te lo dice un amigo. So there was Cancion Urgente para Nicaragua. And that was actually about, well, we have to explain what was going on in Nicaragua at the time. In 1979, actually, the Sandista Revolution ended the dictatorship of who had been in, of the dictator that had been in power, who was Somoza, who had been in power for years. 
so after the the Sandistas basically won the basically ended the dictatorship of Somoza, the United States in 1981 basically tried to overthrow the government of Nicaragua. There was a civil war that lasted until 1989. And as of today, as of now, the S, uh, the, the Sandista National Liberation Front is still the party and that, that has popular support in Nicaragua. And in this song, it's actually about the success of the Sandistas. And he men- he's mentioning three people here. One, he's not naming because it is... Uh, it, if, you, if you understand the history, then you know exactly who he's talking about. So he mentions Bolivar, of course, Simon Bolivar and Che Guevara. And, but he mentions, not, he, he's, he's talking about someone, but he's not saying his name. And the person he's talking about is Agosto Cesar Sandino, who, of course, is, what, is, is who um, the Sandistas basically are named after, uh, San, uh, after Sandino. They kind of followed his ideology and his principles. And uh, so he's talking about Sandino, Bolivar, and Che all walking the same path, he said. And um, it's a very incredible song uh, about Nicaragua and, uh, you know, about all of the political changes at that time. Let's go to another one. So here's another one, another very existential one, another very one that really is talking about human emotions. Here is Unicornio. Ayer se me perdió Pastando lo dejé Y desapareció Cualquier información Bien la voy a pagar Las flores que dejó no me han querido hablar Mi unicornio azul ayer se me perdió No sé si se me fue No sé si se extravió Y yo no tengo más y un unicornio azul Si alguien sabe de él Le ruego información Cien mil o un millón Yo pagaré Mi unicornio azul se me ha perdido ayer Se fue
Coruño y yo hicimos amistad Un poco con amor, un poco con verdad Con su cuerno de añil pescaba una canción Saberla compartir era su vocación Mi unicornio azul ayer se me perdió Y puede parecer acaso una obsesión Pero no tengo más que un unicornio azul Y aunque tuviera dos Yo solo quiero aquel Cualquier información La pagaré Mi unicornio azul se me ha perdido ayer Se fue There was unicornio, and this was actually before I mention before I, I continue. This was actually an album that was incredibly, uh, incredibly popular. This this album that he did in 1986 is from the same album that he did uh, the last tune that we heard, Canción Urgente para Nicaragua, and also the one that he did containing the tune La Masa. So this was in 1982, and it was an album called Unicornio. And this was an interesting song uh, because it can really be interpreted as a loss of inspiration. And he said that he, he's talking about, I've lost my blue unicorn. And at first I was like, huh, I wonder what he's talking about. He lost his blue unicorn. That's very strange. And, but then if you listen, he's talking about that blue unicorn as the inspiration and the creativity and your, uh, that, that everyone has inside of themselves, but especially their inspiration and their, their imagination. And so, almost like how he termed it, their personal muse. And what he's talking about in that song is a loss of that. And I think that as, and I think artists, but everyone, you know, kind of, kind of can can go through that at some point. Uh, so as I and as I said in the beginning, you know, a lot of his songs, a lot of his music, really deals with these with these things that we go through as people, especially emotionally. And he talks about it in a very in an artistic way and he uses a lot of metaphors, but also in a very human way that we can understand and 
and really all relate to. So, he, so that is really what he was um, talking about in that song. We're going to get to another one here, though. This is from a very interesting album that he did because he worked with an Afro-Cuban group on this particular album called Causas y Azares from 1986. Very different from his usual style. So we're going to hear the title track on there, and then I'll talk a little bit about the meaning. <laughs> Cuando Pedro salió a su ventana No sabía mi amor, no sabía Que la luz de esa clara mañana Que era luz de su último día Y las causas lo fueron cercando Cotidianas, invisibles Y el azar se le iba enredando, poderoso, invencible.
acabe este verso que canto Yo no sé, yo no sé, madre mía Si me espera la paz o el espanto Si el ahora o si el todavía ah, Pues las causas me andan cercando Cotidianas Invisibles y el azar se me viene enredando Poderoso, invencible And it's a very interesting song because what he's talking about there is fate. And he puts it in a he, he describes it in a way of he's telling the story of two people. And and he says for the first so the first character he introduces to is Pedro. He says, Pedro when he woke up that morning, he didn't know that that light of that beautiful uh, sunny morning was, you know, the, the light of his last day. And then he says And one didn't know that on that dark and rainy night he would meet the love of his life. And he's basically saying, uh, it all comes down to fate and destiny. No one knows where life takes you. And the, uh, towards the end of the song, he's talking about how he's, he doesn't know. He said, I don't know what, what, what my fate will be. He said, when I finish singing this verse, who knows what will happen? So it's a really interesting song, you know, just talking about such a powerful force in, in the world because of, of fate, of destiny. And, and really just kind of talking about why things happen but let's get to another tune here one that i think is so beautiful very very sentimental tune oh melancolia enjoy Viene a mí la damisela soledad Con pamela impertinente y botón Y amapola en el oleaje de sus vuelos Hoy la voluble señorita es amistad Y acaricia finamente el corazón 
con su más delgado pétalo de hielo Por eso hoy gentilmente te convido a pasear Por el patio hasta el florido pabellón de aquel árbol que plantaron los abuelos Hoy el ensueño es como el musgo en el brocal Dibujando los abismos de un amor melancólico, sutil, pálido, cielo Viene a mí avanzar, viene tan despacio Viene en una danza leve del espacio Cedo mi agolacio y abuelo, a ver, se mece la nave, lenta como el tul, en la brisa suave, niña del azul. Melancolía, novia silenciosa, íntima pareja del ayer. Oh melancolía, amante dichosa, siempre me arrebata tu placer. Oh melancolía, señora del tiempo, beso que retorna como el mar. Oh melancolía, rosa del aliento, dime quién me Será soledad con pamela impertinentes y botón de amapola en el oleaje de sus vuelos. Hoy la voluble señorita es amistad y acaricia finamente el corazón con su más delgado pétalo de hielo. Por eso hoy, oh melancolía, señora del tiempo, beso que retorna como el mar, oh melancolía, rosa del aliento. Dime quién me puede amar. 
And there was Oh Melancholia, a very beautiful song that describes melancholy in a sad but also in a hopeful way. And he personifies that feeling in a way. He describes it as an old friend. It's a very human song, you know, talking about this emotion that, you know, many of us experience. And he, and he narrates it in such a beautiful way, in such a creative and artistic way. But let's get to another song. And I absolutely love this next song because the message is so powerful and it's about staying true to yourself I'll explain it in more detail after we listen to no El Necio con un pedazos para salvarme entre únicos e impares para cederme lugar en su parnaso para darme un rinconcito en sus altares me vienen a convidar a arrepentirme me vienen a convidar a que no pierda Me vienen a convidar a indefinirme Me vienen a convidar a tanta mierda Yo no sé lo que es el destino Caminando fui lo que fui Hay a Dios que será divino yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví perdido yo quiero ser a la suda más que diestro yo quiero hacer un congreso del unido yo quiero rezar a fondo un hijo nuestro dirán que pasó de moda la locura dirán que la gente es mala y no merece yo partí de soñando travesuras ¿Acaso multiplicar panes y peces? Yo no sé lo que es el destino Caminando fui lo que fui Ay, a Dios que será divino Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví Mis manos y mi boca 
que me arrancarán los ojos y el badajo Será que la necedad parió conmigo La necedad de lo que hoy resulta necio La necedad de asumir al enemigo La necedad de vivir sin tener precio Yo no sé lo que es el destino Caminando fui lo que fui Hay a Dios que será divino Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví Silvio uh, was actually asked about this song and, and who it was about, you know, who he had dedicated it to. And he said that he had dedicated it to Fidel, but also he said it when in a way it was also about himself. And he wrote it for a little bit of context, wrote it during what was called in Cuba the special period after the collapse of the Soviet Union, which of course led to this increase in self-sufficiency and autonomy in Cuba. And it really just led to, to really the revolution advancing. However, at that time, it was a difficult time. And in this song, so it's called El Necio. I mean, that means the fool. And he's talking about someone who he says renounces mercy and, and really pity. He renounces all of that. And, he's, and, and Silvio said that the fool is, is rebellious. And in the actual song, he says, I want to continue uh, basically playing for the losing, being on the losing side. And this, the line that he repeats He says, caminando fui lo que fui. Allá Dios que será divino, yo me muero como viví. So basically, uh, uh, it's walking through life. I, I am what I am. Let God be divine, but I'll die as I lived. And it's really about being with your principles no matter what. And, and then one of the most incredible parts, at least to me, for this song, he says, they said when the revolution, when one day the revolution would fall and that the foolishness would end with me, the foolishness... Of, 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 of taking on the enemy, the foolishness of living without a price. It is such a powerful song, really. And I love how he said, you know, he dedicated this to Fidel, and I think it really applies there, but also to himself as an artist. And it really is something that, funnily enough, reminds me of Don Pedro Avisu Campos, where really, you know, being willing to, to say, even if I have to walk alone, I will have my principles. Even if it costs me anything, I will have my principles. So it is a song about principles and really um, a very powerful message there. You know, talking about, you, you know, the foolishness of living with, you, you know, without a price. And I'll die as I lived. It's a really uh, incredible song there. We're going to also hear the latest version that he did of that song because it sounds actually very different. He did in 2021. Uh, we're going to end off with that. But there's one more song here that I really found important to to play not only because of the message but this is a very very powerful recording this was one that he did in chile after the military dictatorship fell in 1991 he went and he had such a huge reception there because i don't think we realize he might not be well known here but in the u.s but around the world 
He is incredibly popular. He fills stadiums full of people. And you hear literally on these live recordings sometimes people singing those songs word for word. I mean, just pe thousands of people. Okay, so I just wanted to mention this is not someone who, uh, you know, is just some kind of unknown small time artist in Cuba. No, this is someone that is beloved around the world. You go to Spain, to Chile, to Mexico, all over the world. He has he's received with just so much love. So let's listen to him sing the song Pequeña Serenata Diurna and then I'll talk about it. But this is a live recording. I want you to listen closely to also what he says at the end after the song is done. Y si esto fuera poco, tengo mis cantos que poco a poco Muero y rehago habitando el tiempo Como le cuadra un hombre despierto Soy feliz, soy un hombre feliz Y quiero que me perdonen por este día Los muertos de mi felicidad Soy feliz Soy un hombre feliz y quiero que me perdone Por este día los muertos de mi felicidad Yo pensé lo mismo Todas las felicidades puestas muertos. Este concierto lo quiero dedicar desde lo más hondo de mí a Víctor Jara.
so first of all, we can really see what I was just saying about how he, he has such an amazing reception around the world from audiences all over the place. You can just hear how excited that audience is, but also at the end where you can just hear the applause just goes on and on and on and on and on. When he says, Toda la felicidad de cuesta muerto. All the happiness costs death. And then, and that's really about remembering those who sacrificed for you. That's what that, what he's really mean, really means there. And then when he says, Desde más hondo de mí, quiero dedicar ese concierto a Victor Jara. I mentioned Victor Jara in the beginning because he was a, a first of all, incredible nueva canción singer and 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 songwriter and i'm gonna do a show talking about victor jara because that story his story affected me very deeply um and i and i will get into and i'll and i'll talk all about that all about him and in, in the in that show but when he says that about victor jara you can just hear the audience going just just the applause just goes on and on and um, it's really just an incredible, incredible moment. But I want to talk about the content of that song. He says, I live in a free country. And he's talking about how happy he is. He said, he, he, he repeats, soy un hombre feliz, he says. And he says, I have love. I have unconditional love. He said, uh, he, he's, and then he goes on to say, if that weren't enough, I have my songs that change and evolve over time. But in the last verse of that song he asks for and this is the way he put it he asks for forgiveness for those who had to die for his happiness for the country to be free and happy and and it actually reminded me of a quote that don pedro Avisucampo said where he actually said freedom is a supreme dignity of man and must be paid at its just price and peoples who are not free do not know about it and that really reminds me of toda la felicidad de cuerta muerto and so I find that to be really powerful, but also the correlation that we can find there, you know, just as the similarity uh, that we that we really see there. And I, I think it's just such a powerful song where he's saying we cannot forget those who sacrificed, who gave their lives and even died for for our freedom. And I think that that is is so important in the case of Cuba. And and I want to tie something in here very quick, very uh, quickly. I think it's the same in the case of Puerto Rico. When we talk about people like Don Pedro Abisu Campos, when we talk about all these, these these figures who literally gave their lives for the freedom of the country, and those people, they must always be remembered and always be uplifted because they made unimaginable sacrifices. I think this is actually a really good way to end off today's show. I really hope that you have enjoyed learning about Silvio Rodriguez. I know it's been a little bit longer than usual, but he is an incredible artist and the the, the content of these songs are just so, so important to talk about and to really break down what he's saying because this is music that really is meant for you to listen to the lyrics. Even though the instrumentals and everything are so beautiful, I really wanted to be able to share what he's actually saying in these songs. And I do hope that I've been able to really convey... Um, convey that and also uh even build some appreciation even if you don't agree with him i think we uh he he is an incredible artist even in just his poetry in the way that he composes
because he really is a, a poet. And so I think we can respect him as an artist, even if we don't agree with him. We still, I think, need to have some a basic respect for each other, even if we don't agree with each other, even if we don't agree, you know, in the case of Cuba. I know that there are many people that are going to hear this and not, you know, not agree with me at all and be maybe even be very upset with me. Uh, but I think we should respect each other and respect each other's views. But until next time, gente, we're going to end off with his latest version of Ignacio recorded in 2021. It is such an amazing version of the song because you can not only hear his artistic growth through this whole show, but he did this with an Afro-Cuban supergroup in Cuba called The Acara. And again, recorded just in 2021. And I think it's just such a phenomenal um reimagining of what was already an incredible song and until next time mi gente con mucho mucho cariño keep dancing keep running your ancestors ciao mi gente Para salvarme entre únicos e impajes Para cederme lugar en su parnaso Para darme un rinconcito en sus altares Me vienen a convidar a arrepentirme Me vienen a convidar a que no pierda Me vienen a convidar a indefinirme Vienen a convidar a tanta mierda Yo no sé lo que es el destino Caminando fui lo que fui Hay a Dios que será divino Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero ser a la zurda más que diestro yo quiero ser un congreso del unido quiero rezar a fondo un hijo nuestro dirán que pasó de moda la locura dirán que la gente es mala y no merece man yo partiré soñando travesuras Acaso multiplicar panes y peces Yo no sé lo que es el destino, no sé Caminando fue lo que fui Hay a Dios que será divino Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero como viví Yo me muero
Dancing, keep honoring your ancestors con mucho, mucho cariño. Ciao, mi gente. If you like that show, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and leave me a voice message on Anchor. There is a link up in the description. You can also reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Voice of the Water Lily or check out my blog, voiceofthelily.water.blog. You can leave me a message on any of those platforms. Um, and please reach out. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have any suggestions, song requests, or anything, please reach out to me. And um, also, if I got something wrong and you want to correct me, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and uh, until next time, ciao.